This is the Caniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? Natchez shows no sign of slowing down. You're right about that. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of the Caniac Report. Uh, for those who um, just found us out recently, I mean, we mainly talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. And for this week, we'll be going through some Canes news and uh, Canes games. So let's start with the news first. Uh, we know that the Canes Corner uh, Festival, whatever you like to call it, but it is Canes Corner, uh, came back at the Backyard Bistro uh, this week. You and I went. That yeah. was really fun. Yeah, that was a fun time, fun event, good to hang around other fans, and um, uh, both got autographs from the guest, which was Sebastian Ajo. Yes, and that was a great interview uh, with Mike. It It's really nice that they're bringing that back, because it's been a while since they've done that. Uh, 2020, so yeah, it's been about two years. Yes. So we're happy about that, and uh, there is news that was announced uh, earlier this past week that the Canes will have a fan fest in downtown Raleigh before the outdoor games will be on February the 17th. Yeah, that's going to be, I'm looking forward to that. I'm at the moment, I'm going to try and take off for that game for that day. So I can try and go, um, and enjoy it. Um, if not, we'll just go, you know, I'll go after work, but I'd like to take off, kind of go in the middle of the day, see what's going on out there. And, just take in the sights and, and honestly just have fun. Yes, uh, and from what I've heard from how this will go, as I think I heard some possible alumni might be speaking and might be there. So that'd be really cool to see, like, Brenda Moore or um, other alumni there, too. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if the Hurricanes played the night before, so I don't know if you'd get Rod Brenda Moore, but... Um you know, Jeff Daniels, he's the assistant, so he maybe yeah. him. You've got um Maybe Eric, Shane Willis. Shane Willis, Eric Cole, Eric Bates Battaglia. Yeah. A lot of uh a lot of Kane's alum. That'll be uh that'll be there. I'm sure that'll be fun. Uh see who all ends up showing up. I doubt we get Ronnie Francis, but Yeah, so we'll see how uh, that goes. But it's fun because the Canes are doing an event, uh kind kind of to honor the fans um and it's just a lead up to the outdoor game which is going to be so much fun and uh actually you know what speaking of the outdoor game uh the canes did release uh the tickets to the general public now well the hurricanes did not week, right the hurricanes did not the nhl did the nhl oh, it was the nhl the nhl has complete control over these tickets they gave some to the hurricanes they released those those sold out like that and then you have um the league did the rest and i mean i'll pull it up real quick um but I, th I think they came pretty close if not they did sell out but i'll let you say what your thoughts is on that and i'm just going to pull up out of curiosity to see if uh see if i'm right and they actually did sell out for the game because i think i think they're close to if not sold out for um the outdoor game yeah yeah so yeah it's it's going to be very fun again i hope the canes win because this is at carter finley but 
I mean, it's against Washington, which is the team that we have the biggest rivalry against of any other team. So it's going to be fun. And you're going to have people uh, kind of right there on the field um, kind of watching the game, too. So that's going to be very fun. Uh, You have anything brought up? Um, yeah, I've almost got it up here. Let's see. I'm not counting resale tickets, so standard tickets, what's available. There are no two tickets left together. There are a few single seats left that are sold by the league. So, yeah, the game's sold out. That is, it's sold out. You don't. I don't count resale, resale, or bought tickets, so the game is 100% sold out as of now. I mean, I don't know if there's more tickets to be released. I, I, I don't, so... As of now, with what's released, it's sold out. Nice. So, And we just cannot, again, cannot wait to see that game. And also this past week, we have a trade to announce. And we kind of all saw this coming as Canes fans. Uh, Carolina trades Ethan Bear to Vancouver, along with Lane Pedersen, and get a fifth-round pick in return. And they also had to retain $400,000 of Bears' contract. And because of that trade, they are now cap compliant when Pacioretty comes back. And that was one of the reasons why they had to make a trade like this. Uh, What are your thoughts on this trade, Sam? It was, you know, it is what it is. I was never, as our listeners know, I, I never really liked Ethan Bear. You know, obviously, I think at this point we have to be concerned um, with our third-pairing defenseman. And I've seen some thoughts on this online, too, is that the Hurricanes have Dylan Coughlin, who's got a great shot. That's about it, right? I mean, I thought he really impressed me during training camp. He did you. But I think the issue we have with Coughlin is that he's just super, super, super slow. And I don't know if that's going to fly. Does that mean um, we have somebody in the system like Maxime Lajoie who can come up and play? Is that the direction they go? Do they try and find a player? I don't know. Carolina struggled really hard against, you know, we're going to talk about it in more detail against the Islanders, but just broad. Carolina struggled against the Islanders. That third pair was taken advantage of. And the Islanders are a slow team. They're not fast, and that and Coglin got take you know it just take, take left out to dry. Um, Chatfield can only do so much. He's he's good, but he's obviously not Jacob Slavin. Uh, Brent Burns has not come into himself yet, even though he had the game winner in Philadelphia. So you just you need Ethan Bear going away has taken out the depth, but you didn't want to keep a player with that caliber on your books who's not playing. Right, you know, and we've yeah, got an injury with too. The cap too that yeah. he carries, and we have an injury too with Dehan right now, who's out, and Stepan who got hurt last night. So it's a matter at this point, you know, with that back end, that depth that we had is kind of now gone because it's just Coglin until Dehan comes back. Hopefully, Dehan's only day to day, and I think that's what I had heard. So um, once Dehan's back, I expect Dehan to play, but Dehan I think is a little faster than Coglin. Um, but you know, at the end of the day. Carolina still has Jacob Slavin and Brad Pesci on this roster and Brady Shea. And and I and I truly, truly, truly believe that Brent Burns will come into himself, right? So he's on a goal streak right now with two games. 
Yeah, and that's great, and you need that, especially with who we're playing tomorrow night in Washington, right? So we're 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 hosting the Caps. That's going to be a good preview of the outdoor game too. So we're we're going to get to see Washington and get to see um, how that team matches up. Hopefully, we can get a win. You know, if we have a really poor showing, it's going to cause some anxiety, I'm sure, among fans. So any you know, you lose, you lose the game. We st- I still fully believe this team's a playoff team. I still believe this team is probably going to win the Metropolitan Division. But if you lose to Washington badly you probably have a little concern about that outdoor game, right? So there, that, that's just natural. It's going to be a natural concern. If it's a bad loss, if it's close, you know, it's whatever. But if you lose, again, 6-2, to two, you're kind of sitting there like, oh my goodness, we're going to get humiliated in that outdoor game. I don't think they're going to, you know, I, I don't think that's the right mentality to have, but it's going to be a natural train of thought that a lot of fans will have. It's going to give the the Canes fans a kind of a bit of a little bit of a preview of what might the outdoor game would look like. Yeah, and these two teams absolutely hate each other. And then, of course, I'm doing something stupid, and I'm going with a Capitals fan tomorrow. But he's a friend of mine, and hopefully we win, because I don't want to have to deal with it if we lose. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we'll see how that game uh, turns out tomorrow. And, I mean, my old main takeaway with the Ethan Bear trade that I kind of want to touch on. I remember Carolina uh, did not want to retain Cap. Unless they got something con- in unless return. Unless they got something in return. And I kind of see Carolina as a team as kind of going against what the market is showing because when you see players with Ethan Bear, especially the contract, you usually have to give something up. And they did with Lane Pedersen. They gave up depth. Now, was it good depth? I don't think so. He's not really an NHL player. You're not losing much, but you're still giving away depth. And that and that just shows uh, that you have to give up something even if it is Lane Patterson, uh, in order to get cap space, because that's golden right now in today's age. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, Carolina has a lot of more, has a lot better depth pieces pieces at forward, right? So losing Lane Patterson is not a big deal. The number of one guy who would come up is is, is uh, Jury, right? So yes, Jury Suzuki, those are the players you're looking at who's going to come up to play. So Pedersen is not was not a number one guy to to come up for sure. I don't yes, know. and now it's okay to trade him because, and I think most Canes fans were because you just acquired him in the Brent Burns. Yeah, you don't really know much about this guy. And, the, and bringing in Pedersen was definitely not a oh we're bringing in Pedersen. You know, ooh, it was it was all for Brent Burns, right? That that was the purpose of this move was to bring in Brent Burns. So that makes sense to me. The deal made sense to me. Um, you got a lot. You got some cap space. You moved out a player who wasn't playing. It was beneficial for the team, beneficial for the player. Ethan Bear. I just so I saw Ethan Bear at the season ticket member event when they closed the tables down. Brent Burns stayed for a few more minutes to sign some stuff. He's happy to be here. Ethan Bear booked it as soon as they closed it down. Ethan Bear did not want to be there. Yeah. And I mean, I feel bad for him, but hopefully he gets a good fresh start in Vancouver. And Vancouver is a team that needs defense. And also just something I think it's important to talk about, too, just because it's it it could affect the Hurricanes, depending on what Vancouver does. And even though they're out west, but uh, it's been told that the ownership and management has told the players and coaching staff if they don't turn things around, there's going to be changes and they were specifically told not coaching changes 
necessarily, but there will be roster changes. So Vancouver's to the point where they might be on a wholesale. They're going to ship everybody out. So I don't know. But yeah. Vancouver's in a lot of trouble. But if they decide to move some pieces, Ethan Bear is going to be a you know, he's going to play. I really think he'll play in Vancouver. So um, hopefully he gets a good start there. He's a nice guy, good guy. Uh, just never really, just never really worked out here, and it's unfortunate. But it's just part of the game. Don't yeah, always work out. It is. Now let's get on to the games. Uh, the first game we will talk about is the game that ended the long road trip for Carolina, and that was at Vancouver, and they won this game. Uh, very, I thought they played very good in this game. I thought this was probably the best game out of the three games we're going to be talking about yeah. uh, this week. And well, certainly not the Islanders game. Yeah. Yeah, certainly not the Islanders. So, uh, Svechnikov scores from um, to start out the scoring from Natchez and Burns. So, you get Burns having an assist, and Natchez is just on a tear right now. And that's also something for Burns. He's on a point streak in general, so that that's good for him, right? And Svechnikov, you know, getting uh, getting a goal. You know, the the reality is right now, our sec, you know, the Svech the, the Natchez line with Svechnikov and Kokinemi is our number one line. They are the best line we have. Aho has been fine. Jarvis has not been good, and Teravainen has been. <laughs> It's yeah. been rough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way I see it with that first line, I mean, obviously Ajo's been the best. But the difference is is that Jarvis has played good games, whereas Teravainen, at this point with his performance, merely, well, he's had great periods. So, I mean, that's kind of how we've seen uh, this line. Teravainen does need to step it up. and. We hope he can find that game back. Um, back to the Vancouver game. Obviously, uh, Miller scores to tie it one to one, and then the second period. This was a late night game. Put me to sleep, <laughs> and I think the end of that second period was when you went to bed because you were like, "I'm, I'm, I'm feel you. You were feeling it to go into bed." Yeah, I mean, it's hard. That you know, the Hurricanes after dark is, is tough. I tried. I did. I really did. I wanted to stay up for the game, but I just I couldn't make it. But I'm glad they won, right? It was. A, it was I made a, it, it was, though. I was happy. I was impressed. I will give it to you. I was impressed. You stayed up for the whole game. Um, and I, I'm glad that they did this. You know, it was. And the reason why I went to bed is that second period put me to sleep because nothing happened. Yeah, it was just cardio. Nothing really did happen. Um, but I just. I think it's important to talk about players individually too, especially because it's he got a point in this game, but it's just he looked like he was building a game in here, right? Teravinen looked really good in that first period. And in that's he looked good in this game. But that's it, right? So you have to there has to be this concern. It's like why you know what? Where is why is this so hard to build this game? I don't know if that line of Svet of Jarvis Aho and um, Terravine it's not working. I don't know if you bump Terravine it down. I don't know what you do. I don't think Martinook is the answer on that first line. I know that she said 
and, and not. The, well, here's the thing. Marnock's been playing great. Absolutely. And I think he's been playing better, honestly, than Tara Vinan because he has more aggressiveness in his game, which is kind of lacking in Tara Vinan. Absolutely. Uh, Marnock has definitely played better than Tara Vinan, but I feel as though Faust has played good, too. So I'm kind of like, okay, well, let's put Faust on that line. So Because Faust just brings more to the table than I think Martinuk does, right? Well, well, Faust just has more natural skill than Martinuk. What's Im- impressing us with Martinuk is his efforts, yeah. his drive. Well, it's so, not the skill that sells us of Martinuk. With Martinuk, it's just so important, too, because, you know, he's been injured. A lot the last couple years. So he hasn't played full game, full seasons, and he hasn't looked great. He's looking like he did the first season with us now. And if that's the Martinuk we have this whole season, then I think, because right now we're early, so I'm not freaked out about Terravine, and it's a concern. And having Martinuk on the first line now while he's hot, okay, there's there's a pass for that. I still don't think it's the answer. I don't think it will be the answer at game 41, 42, and on. But you may, yeah, take advantage of the fact that Martin Hook's playing extremely good right now. And if he stays playing extremely good and gets like 20 plus points, that's good. I mean, that's good for him. That's good for that player. But I think you need to see a lot more from Paul Stasny. You need to see a lot more. I still think you need more from KK. He needs to get on the score sheet a little bit more than he does. But he's making, creating opportunities. So even though he's not showing up on the score sheet right now, that's not a factor. It's not a problem. But he, he needs to. And then you need a lot more from Teravinen, right? Because if, if not, then he's just kind of dead weight on that line. But again, I do believe that where these, these are these concerns, they're going to solve they're, they're going to solve themselves, right? And then I know we're playing more games, so hopefully yeah. that gets the Canes into rhythm and Tara Vine and and a little bit of Jarvis and KK too, but mainly Tara Vine and gets going because of that rhythm. Oh, I mean for sure. I mean we play tonight. We play or tomorrow, sorry, or tonight as you listen to this on Monday. We play Washington. We get two days off again. I'm not fond of these two day breaks, but. We're getting into a pretty packed month of November, so that's going to be fun. Give him a chance to rest, because then you got back to back. You play Tampa Bay and Buffalo, then we play Toronto on Sunday, Florida, Edmonton. We have two back to backs in two weeks, and we have three back to backs in the month of November, and they're both away home games. So you play away first, and you play home. I like that. I oh, I do good. too. I just don't like the uh, three-day break period. I no, really I don't. don't. I don't either. And we don't. And I never did in the first place before the Islanders game. For sure, that we'll talk to. So, yeah, definitely. Well, let's go back to that Vancouver game. Um, Aho, well, this is when you were asleep, of course. <laughs> Aho scores from Jarvis and Teravinen. Uh Jarvis was the one that drove that play. Uh, he was able to make a power move to the net and uh, was able to uh, get the puck to squeeze right behind uh, Demko, and Aho just buries it basically with an empty net right there. And then Foss gets the goal. Uh, he had a good soccer move by... Uh, um, 
getting it off of his skating in. For a second, I thought it might have been a kicking motion, but not really. But at the end of the day, it was a good goal for Faust. And then Miller scores again. This was a great game for me, fantasy-wise, because I have Miller <laughs> on my team. Um, he got two goals for me. And Teravinen gets an assist for me. I had him, and Burns gets an assist. So very good. Very good. But what was funny a little bit um, from that Miller goal is that um, I think it was trying to be like a dumping pass, but it went off of KK's face, and then Miller just got to the puck, and he scores. Uh, poor KK. He, he, felt, he felt fine, but it was still a very um, good win all around. Yeah, was it was happy um, about that. It was a needed way to end the road trip. I mean, it's just reality. We need that was you needed to win that game. If that was the difference between a good road trip and a bad road trip, you just weren't going to have a great road trip because of how things worked out in um, Edmonton and Calgary. Yes, and kind of like what you said. I mean, this was a must-win based on the results in Edmonton and Calgary. Going 3-1-1, one, one, I think that is a very successful road trip, especially with the way the schedule has been for the Hurricanes. For sure. And now we get to a game we went to, and to be 100% honest with you, I don't think there's really a point to spend a great amount of detail on this game because it just wasn't good, right? I, I think broad strokes to paint this game kind of show... The importance of this game really is that we need to take away is it started to highlight concerns that kind of carried over into the Philadelphia game, which was better and why I would want to spend I want to spend more time on the Philadelphia game than the Islanders game. Um, overall, you know, it showed Carolina was in this game, right? The score, I mean, it was just it wasn't good. Carolina didn't look good, right, from the net out. To start the first period, yeah, they, both teams looked good, fine. Carolina did fine in the first. Carolina. I thought the first period was honestly kind of Carolina's best period. And you see, I thought I Carolina they were down. And I thought the Hurricanes nothing. was better in the second period. I thought they were fine. But the problem is, no matter what the Hurricanes did, they could not either get a save, get a good defensive play, and get momentum. It did not matter when they scored. In the middle of one of the goals, Wade was announcing, the Islanders score. Kills it. That kills momentum. And it's like they never had it. Because it was so quick. Right? So it's just, this game highlighted problems. That there was an issue, there's issues in goal right now. Both goalies led in really bad goals this season. And multiple games. The defense has not been able to pull together like they need to. Burns and Slavin have not meshed the way they needed to. And then the offense just was not able to find it. That Ajo line needs to find its its footing, right? Needs to. This game was not good for that line. Ajo, Tara, Jarvis, and Terra had a goal. Good for you, but you didn't carry it forward, right? Or am I looking at the wrong game? You're looking, looking at, at the, the wrong game. game. I'm looking at the wrong game. In this game, Carolina's first line was... <laughs> Poo poo. That's why Jar- that's why Teravina got demoted and Martin got promoted. So yeah. this game just I mean, all throughout it was not good for the team. Right? The third period was just when Carolina imploded more. Because they were still in this game for the second. Right? Even if though they played bad, and that's the shows to the resilience of this team. You play piss poor and you're still in the game. 
But after the third, once the third period started, the Islanders took it over. And I've noticed this when we play teams that play kind of that neutral zone trap style of a game, right? Because the Islanders aren't a fast team. No, they're, they're not. Defensive. But they're what I got from this Carolina Islanders game is that the Islanders are not a fast team, no. but they're very crafty when mm-hmm. they have the puck. They're very smart, very crafty. And we fell victim to that because it was the so many defensive errors. Yep. Um, I thought that bottom pair had a very rough game. And like what you said, our defense is a little suspect. The bottom pair isn't playing that good. Uh, I think because Co- Coglin. Once DeHaan gets healthy, I think Coughlin is going to be your healthy defenseman. I didn't think that bottom pair played that good. Jalen Chatfield was the cause of one of the goals. Yeah. And uh, Burns was the cause of him kind of pinching. And Barzell was able to create that two-on-one opportunity for Wallstrom, who scored. And you can't have that. So you basically have three good defensemen in Slavin, Shea, and Pesci, and I would argue that second pair is your best pair right yeah, now. for sure. And there's two other things I want to talk about this game. I'm going to do the one, one first, and I'm going to get back to the team. I want to talk a little bit about officiating again. I don't think many fans have a lot of issues with what's being called on the Hurricanes. Because a lot of times they're, they're penalties. Most of the time they're penalties. I think there may have been like one this year, and that was a penalty I think called on Pesci against Columbus, where I didn't think that was a penalty, right? And I feel, I still feel that the goal that was waved off in Calgary should have been a goal. So I, I didn't agree with that too. So there's two. I think that should have been a goal. Not, not. It's, I don't think that was the right call. Um. But I'm I'm starting to see this trend again where the games aren't being called fairly. Because we saw Ajo got pushed into the boards from the back. That that's a board. At the very least a cross check, right? That is a penalty miss there. There was a missed tripping call. There was I mean there were just there were a lot of missed calls that the officiating would not call on the opposition, but they would call even less egregious but similar plays that we go to the box. Most Hurricanes fans aren't going to argue the, the the legitimacy of the penalties called on us. Of course, there's going to be times where you're like, that's a BS call. Of course. What Hurricanes fans want is a game where if you're going to call everything and you have a tight constitution for every penalty, you need to call it fairly. And I'm not seeing that again this year. Yes, in the Islanders game, I think the penalties are pretty even. But still, you had, I think, one of our players went off for cross-check. So when they did it to Ajo, they did not call it. And it's like, okay, you need to call it. That's a penalty. One, it's dangerous. Ajo was away from, you know, it's a hit from behind into the boards. You talk about wanting to protect your stars. Well, Ajo's a star. You just, there needs to be this ability to call the game evenly, which I'm not seeing again. I'm not saying there's some vast conspiracy against Carolina. I don't think that's the case. I wonder if it has to do with the reputation of Rod Brendamore when it comes to the officiating, because we all know that he gets very um, visually excited 
<laughs> Visually. I love how you said that. Because you could see he gets very excited, very animated, very angry. He's passionate. Time. Yeah, passion is probably the better word. I just... I don't know. I don't think that should be a reason why you're not calling something that's a penalty. Just because the coach doesn't like it. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. It doesn't matter if the coach does or doesn't like it. If Carolina did the same play, I'd say, well, they should go to the box. It's dangerous. I, I just want to see the game called fairly, especially when we play a team like Washington. Right? Because who do they have in that roster? They have Alex Ovechkin. He is a dirty player. He will take shots at you, and he gets away with it a lot, too. Well, Tom Wilson is already and Tom, Yeah, Tom Wilson Ovechkin. is... Tom Wilson is one of the most dangerous players in the National Hockey League. Uh, I was listening to the Adam Gold Show on 99 The Fan. If you haven't listened to him, check him out. He's awesome, too. Um, I was listening to his show, and he they were talking about athletes that you just root against, right? And the poll had, like, Crosby, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and a couple of other players. Just different athletes, right? And Adam Gold said, none of those are mine. His answer was Tom Wilson. And that's the point, right? That's that's the concern, is when you're going up against a player like Tom Wilson, his nature is he doesn't care. He will try to hurt you and not give a crap. And that's the problem. I don't know. I'm actually looking now if he's in. Last I looked, he was, he was hurt. Um, yeah, I do think he's hurt. Um, yeah, he's still on IR. So he probably isn't going to be there tomorrow. But that's just the concern. You need to call these things evenly. If Tom Wilson pushes your face into the ice, you call it. Right? So that's the thing I have with the officiating. It hasn't been even. I want to see it even. Not complaining about the calls on the Hurricanes. Hurricanes need to be better. They need to be more disciplined. But that doesn't excuse the non-calls. That we're seeing a lot of this year already. Yeah, I mean, you definitely made some good points. I'm not going to talk about my side of the officiating anymore because I just, I've talked so much about officiating before. And I'm just like, I'm just going to leave it as <laughs> it is. Well, then, my next point that I wanted to talk about that's getting a lot of attention is the goaltending. So that seems to be hitting a lot of uh, negative press, right? <laughs> well, to me right now, when it comes to goaltending, Ranta has played better than yes. Anderson. Yes. Uh, yes, he has let in a couple of bad goals. Uh, the first one I, I thought was against San Jose on the Svechnikov goal. He should have stopped that. The other one, uh, Calgary. Should have stopped that. And he played against Philadelphia. We'll just go ahead and talk about the Philadelphia game. Why not? But he rebounds. And that's the most important thing. It is, okay, yeah, you might let in a bad goal. I don't want this to be a theme where you have to let in a bad goal just to prove yourself. But he's, he is pr- trying to prove himself by making really good saves right after letting in a soft goal. Again, I don't want this to be a thing, but at least he's um, not letting that soft goal corrode his mind. Yeah, and I just kind of talk about the goaltending too, right? Let's talk about their stats, right? That's the best way to determine how a goalie's playing. Usually, not all the time, but usually, right? Antti Ranta is 3-0-1 with a 2.23 goals against average and a .912 save percent average. He has not lost in regulation time. 
Brady Anderson is 3-2-0 with a 2.81 goals against average and a .896 save percent average. His stats are not good. No, but you also have to realize the amount of games each of these goalies have played, so that can, that save percentage can be a little deceiving. It's true, but but it's close. Ronta's played two less games. He's played three, and Anderson's played five. That's still pretty even. The question I ask you is, Ronta played last night in Philly. I didn't get to watch anything but the third, but from what I saw in the third, Ronta was very good. I heard he let oh, in the goal that you know you, he wants one back. I understand. No one's perfect. Yeah, it was the typical that typical that I thought um, needed uh, to be saved. And another thing we could talk about was the PK. Uh, mm. We've kind of let in a few goals. Uh, it's not kind of up to par as what we wanted. So special teams has to be better. Absolutely, the power play has not been good. That was honestly a cause of. Uh, you could blame special teams on the Islanders game, right? They just didn't score on the almost two-minute five-on-three. You need to score on a five-on-three power play. To me, that was the defining moment yes. of the Islanders game. And I know, yeah, we're going back to the Islanders game, but they had a five-on-three and could not score. Now, I thought it looked really good, so I'm not going to throw away being like, this is awful. They looked good on the five on three. They got lots of shots. I believe we hit a post. I think it might have been Coglin that hit not. the post. You just have a. But it's it's so Sorokin's important. A good goalie. It's so important to score in times like those, and the Canes didn't. And to me, that was their best shot yeah. of evening the game. Because if they did going into the third period, we could have a completely different third period. Carolina might have some momentum going into it than yeah then directly off of a face off because we had trouble gaining momentum yeah and i mean you have what i like so i'm going to say what i like about the power play i've seen rod brendamore put natures and, and svetch on their offsides so they are they're on one timing positions so i'm seeing some good chances and you're seeing the power play move you're seeing the power play move in the right direction there were a lot of good chances on the four five on three Sorokin's just an unbelievably good goaltender. The issue now is the penalty kill. It's like you get one better, and the other one goes to hell in a handbasket. the The penalty kill has been not good. Um, compared to their standards, it's been fine, but compared to Carolina Hurricane standards, it's been no bueno. You need you need your penalty kill to be elite. This team is built on their defense and their goaltending. Neither has been good to what, it, to what is expected of this team. I should clarify. What is expected of this team, neither has been good enough. And part of the reason because of that is because we have only three good defensemen right now. And, I th- and to me, this just shows the importance of Burns being really good because if you have Burns being really good, then you saw your first and your second pair. Yes, third pair might not be as good, but at least you have two pairs solved, not a pair and a half. So it it just shows really the importance of Burns having a good season. He's... I think he's getting better offensively with the Canes. Defensively, he needs to be a little bit better. And he needs to know his role, too. Um, Since we're in the Philadelphia game, 
going into the second, it was two nothing us. First period, we were great. Uh, to me, what really highlighted this game was the stall line. Stall line played great. It was stall, Martin, Nook, and Faust. Very good. But in the second period, you have Delorier from Philadelphia scoring. That's when you have Brent Burns going behind the net, where Slavin's already at. Yeah. You can't do that. Leave Slavin behind the net. He can do his job. So, do not go behind the net with him. You can't have two defensemen behind the net. So you have a defenseman in Brent Burns who's... <laughs> San Jose had a really... Really bad defense. I was going to say another word, but I won't do that. They have a really bad defense, right? They're not good team. Team defense in San Jose is not good. Eric Carlson is an un... He is a great offensive defenseman. He's elite offensive defenseman. He could score. Just like Burns, same thing. Elite offensive defenseman. But the problem you have is that Burns isn't used to playing with someone like Jacob Slavin. He's used to being that guy. So, once he gets used to the fact of, oh, I don't have to be that defenseman anymore. I can focus on offense, and Slavin can focus on the defense, like the, re- you know, that I can trust him to do his job. I think we'll be fine. And I think, and I, and I think Burns will, will figure that out. He's a smart guy. He, he understands the game. I, I don't think that's something I'm concerned about. And, and to be fair for the record, I'm not concerned about goaltending. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really not, not either. Cause I do think Anderson and Ranta, um, I mean, they both have had their issues recently. Ranta kind of letting in a softy early in the game. And Anderson's had a couple of games where he just has not looked good all around. Um, I just think part of that is the schedule. And the schedule, I think, is very important to players. Because, I mean, I think of this as just a person going to his job. When you start a new job, you're getting adjusted to a new schedule. It's going to be rough. And I kind of see the same thing with players and their teams. And mainly how the schedule is. It's rough. Um, Very spread out through this first month. I think if we can get this through this first month done, I think we'll see a little bit more improvements to this team because it is very spread out. Yeah, then I think we'll be fine. I do. I think goaltending will be fine. Because, um, I mean, Ronta saved the game in Philadelphia, right? Oh, he he did. He stopped uh, Tony D'Angelo, you know. And honestly, great for Tony D'Angelo. He's doing really well in, in Philly, so that's good for him. He's a, he's a great player. I missed him when I saw him on the ice. Yeah, I miss Tony D'Angelo, too. I miss the fierceness he brought to the team. But at the end of the day, is Burns an upgrade? Yes, 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 yes. And I love Tony D'Angelo, but I will still, even though Burns hasn't quite come into the role yet, still take Burns. Oh, exactly. Especially what he came in with. I mean, Norris. Yes. uh, Contending uh, player. And he's just been very solid um, looking back at his career here. Well, not with Carolina, but his career. 
So I can't wait to see what Burns can do a little bit more. Um, but it, Samaras needs to be improved with uh, yeah. Carolina. Absolutely. And I think they'll get there. I really do. I think you have a lot of good players on this team. Yes. And um, just to go more into the Philadelphia game, uh, Philadelphia actually g- goes out ahead uh, with Allison uh, scoring for Philly. And then it goes to overtime. And even though this might not have been the perfect overtime for Carolina, they get the job done. And N- Natchez, well, actually, I forgot a goal. Uh, Natchez ties the game in the third period. Just a sweet snipe uh, just to tie the game. Top shelf on the goal. A pass Carter Hart. And then it goes into overtime. And that is when Burns scores from Ajo and Natchez. Carolina steals this game. Yeah. They were supposed to lose. Probably should have. I was so frustrated with the Canes, especially in the third period. Before Natchez scored, during that third period, Canes were getting were not getting any offensive pressure. No. And honestly, after that Natchez goal, even though it was only like what, like two minutes, maybe less than two minutes left, they took over the game. Carolina was the was dominant in that last couple of minutes, less than two minutes in that game. They almost scored to take the lead in regulation time. I think it was Ajo to Jarvis or something along those lines. It was like, oh my goodness, I thought they were going to win it in regulation time, which would have been hysterical. But yeah, I mean, it was a game we should have lost. And we didn't. And, you know, I think it's great for Burns to have scored the game winner. I'm hoping this is just, you know, he's moving in the right direction. I, I do believe that. So, Keep moving him in the direction he needs to be moving offensively, which he is, and I think we're going to be just fine. Yes, he offensively and just knowing his role on the ice. Yes. And to me, the biggest takeaway on this game, uh, when Natchez scored to tie that game, Carolina was on a high. They were mm-hmm. feeling confident. And That's the exact opposite of the Islanders game, right? They scored yes. that goal, and they are going they are revved up they are moving they almost take the lead and win the game in regulation that did not happen against the islanders they scored a goal the islanders scored pretty quickly afterwards carolina could tie the game never could really grasp momentum and move in this game they took momentum carried it through the rest of regulation carried it into overtime and won the game yes and it just shows to me with this team that confidence when they have it, they are on their game. But when they're not, they kind of aren't. And they need to work on that. There are going to be times where you're not going to feel confident in yeah. the game. But you need to have that emotional maturity to um, not let not having confidence weigh on you so much. And I think that's kind of a little bit happening. That Especially, I think we saw that in the Islanders game. Uh, how the Islanders just kept scoring so whenever we tied it it, you you can't i mean confidence it's nice to have but you have to have that emotional maturity um when you don't have it to not let it weigh on you so what do you do right so you've played these three games you've seen the result of them and kind of what's the going on you're coming into washington 
I believe toward the end of this game, there was a flip-flop in centers. I, I believe Kokinyemi took over the Jarvis Teravine in line, and Aho moved to wing Svetch and Natchez. Do you keep that tomorrow? And who do you start in goal? Uh, so for tomorrow, I would probably, at the start, go back to KK with Svetch and Natchez, and then Aho with Teravinen and Jarvis. The reason why is because, and I know Teravinen, I hope, I hope Teravinen can get out of this slump. But if you get those two line going, and I'm and I'm really talking about Aho and Teravine, and once you get those two players going, I think they are the deadliest pair on the ice. Yes, I love. Uh, I think Svetch and Netches have some chemistry together. Um, that's that's been noticeable, and it seems. And if the stall line can carry into next game, that might have some chemistry. But if you have Aho and Teravinen, if you have both of them play together and Teravinen playing very good, I think that is your deadliest pair. And there's a reason why Brynamore p- does put both Aho and Teravinen out there together on the penalty kill. He knows what those two players can do Yep, together. And I think something just to note, too. But um, who do you start in goal first? Uh, who I would start in goal? Honestly, I would start Ronta again. Ronta, I would because I think he's been better than Anderson. I think Anderson needs a bit of a wake up call. The only thing with Anderson that I might be a little bit concerned about, I mean, he got injured at the toward last season, yep. toward the end of last season, and I hope, I hope this his performance is not being hindered due to that injury. We've seen players who have gotten injured and have not played the same since. I think of Trevor Van Riemsdyk. He got injured, never played the same again Again after that. Yeah, and I tend to think that, I think at the end of the day, um, Freddie's going to be okay, right? But... You know, you're right. So is He this- got hurt So I, last season. If he didn't, then I honestly think he would be pretty better. But he got hurt, and you just... There's always that lingering thought since he got hurt. Is that affecting his performance? And for me... So I would actually, I would actually flip-flop Ajo and, and Kokinyemi for this game. Because I would want to to do that to, to to even get the offense going so um i would want to do this that i would also start Bronto, but i also think you should understand we should need to understand a couple things about this washington capitals team carolina has two players who are significantly better than um than washington for goal scoring and in that i mean svechnikov and hs have more goals than alex ovechkin so that is the player that you need to pay attention to tomorrow night because that's their best player. It's, it's Ovechkin. So, and you know where his office is because he scores from yes. um, outside, a little outside the uh, face-off circle. And he's a cane killer. So I want to. I want Aho to center that line because I think we need to 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 be top heavy tomorrow. 
I think Huck, I mean, Teravine is still elite, and so is Jarvis. So, you know, making that switch doesn't make that second line bad. It just makes that first line better. So I think to do that, I think that's the direction to go. And I think we're better than uh, than Washington. I mean, oh, we are. I, I mean, do, too. Standings why Washington's old, right? I mean, they, they are. They're not as they're good as they are suffering from be. injuries. That's part of it. Yeah, I mean, they're 5-4-0 on the season. The Hurricanes are 5-2-1. and one. So we'll just have to wait and see um, what happens with this with the game tomorrow. But I still think Carolina wins. Yeah, so we'll see how Carolina does. If they do win this game at home uh, tomorrow, that would be a bit of a redemption from the Islanders game. That was just horrendous. Very sloppy defense. Let's hope we can play better against Washington. And I feel like because of that loss, you almost have to have that win. Right? So that's kind of where, where I feel we sit. Yes. So we'll see how uh, this week pans out. Uh, we versus Washington Monday, which is tomorrow as the time we are recording this. And then we have two other games, I believe, this week as well. Uh, we are at Tampa on Thursday, and that's the start of a back-to-back, which means Friday at home. We are against Buffalo Sabres. To me, right now, Buffalo is the strongest team this this. Yes, uh, surprising. The Never week, thought I'd say that. <laughs> dur- during the week of the teams that we're playing against. So also we want to tell you guys, uh, give our list, the ones who listen to our podcast and not just follow us on social media, give you a heads up for this week. Pay attention to your Twitter because we are giving tickets away to the Buffalo Sabres game. Yes, we are. So make sure you're paying attention. We're giving you all the heads up. Make sure you turn on notifications when we get closer. I'm not going to say what day we're going to make this for. It's going to be, I'm, I'm again, I don't think we did it day before last time. We're going to change it up a little bit. I'm not going to do it day. I'm sorry. We did it day of last time. Not going to do that this time because we know for a lot of people, you need to be able to plan to go to the game. So we're going to do this either one to two days before. So you got a little bit of a time limit there. Of when you want to, but we're giving our season tickets away to you listeners out there. And that comes with two tickets, section 327, and a parking pass. So you do not have to pay for $30 parking. Isn't that great? So Yes, it is, Sam Driscoll. <laughs> so make sure you who listen to this podcast be prepared. And you know what? If you heard us say something about it, make a comment. Leave a comment about it. That way we know. And maybe you'll get entered more than once when I do the drawing. Just saying. Yeah. You never know. I kind of make these rolls up on the fly. But, you know, if you're listening, you know to pay attention at the very least. Right? So, you know what? Make sure you pay attention at least one to two days before this game because you might get free tickets to see Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Svechnikov, and Marty Natchez take on Jeff Skinner, former Carolina Hurricane, Tage Thompson, and the Buffalo Sabres. This Friday. Yes. So, yeah, keep a lookout on that. And is that just for our Twitter or are we going to do that for Instagram too? Um, Oh, why not? Let's include Instagram. Yes. So this is basically how I do it, fans. I put all of the people who qualify into a little generator. I hit a button. It ranks you from one to whatever the amount is. Number one, once it does it, is the winner, right? And I will put you in more than once. If you heard this, anyone will leave a comment. Say something. Say something you're interested in. Take. I don't care. I'll put you in twice. 
That means you're laying attention and you listen to the end. Yes. Um, and speaking of what you said about Jeff Skinner, that was one of your favorite moments last week of his time being with Carolina. So we're going to do that again. Again, we're doing this uh, for the next uh, 24 weeks now, since we already did a week on this. I thought this might be a fun segment to do. Yes. And since I started, I have to start. Week. Okay. Um, you know, one of my favorite moments involves another player who's no longer with the Carolina Hurricanes. It makes me sad because I really liked him and I really still do like him. He's a good hockey player. And that's Justin Falk. When he comes out of the penalty box in that playoff game against Washington, or was it against the Islanders? I think it was against the Islanders. It was Islanders. Against the Islanders. And scores the goal to put the dagger in the island. That was it. After that goal, I just had no doubt Carolina was winning that series. That was just an amazing moment because for that player, because making the playoffs that year meant a lot to that team and to players who have been there their whole career, especially Justin Falk and Jordan Stahl, the two longest, I think, tenured players who have been in the NHL. So that is just, it's awesome to see. And to get him, have him get rewarded like that was fantastic. So to see Justin Falk with that goal was pretty awesome. Nice. Well, I'll go ahead and do mine out of the way with here. And I'm going to go back a little bit farther. I'm going to go back to the 2009 playoff run. Okay. And I'm going to go to the Boston series, which is Scotty Walker scoring Game 7 to win the series against Boston. That is one of my favorite memories. I remember I was cheering so loud watching it with my dad. My dad said, be quiet. Your sister is sleeping upstairs. I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> but it was such a great moment. It was so, I mean, just the way Scotty Walker celebrated that goal really made it a big memory for me. And that was just a few years of me into the Hurricanes because that was when I, they won the Stanley Cup was when the year I got into it, and I just found that goal so awesome. And you might see the UC Yokenen goal um, as we coming up as a good memory of mine as we continue with the segment. So I'm I'm excited to continue with the segment. I think it's just nice to. Um, Look back at the yeah history of the hurricanes and all that stuff. And I've actually watched. I told you this. I've watched a couple of documentaries on the hurricanes. They're awesome. Yeah, and you know, um, this team means a lot to so many people too, right? I mean, it's just it's great to celebrate this organization. And you know, this team was thought to have been a relocation. All right, they were thinking they were going to leave Carolina during that ten years. And when they sold it to Tom Dundon, there was so much uncertainty of what was going to happen. A lot of people thought he's going to move the team to, to Texas. But he couldn't because the NHL rules say yeah. that if you get a new owner, you can't move it for the next 10 years. Yeah, so that was great. But there was still that concern that that was the plan and that he wasn't going to let the team become good because the ultimate goal was to move him to, to Texas. But he didn't do that. And this team has just proven that with an owner who's willing to spend and a manager who is competent and coaching that is elite 
you're good to go. And this team has really proven that. And I have a lot of great memories, even during those really bad times. Yes. Because that's where most of my memories are from, because that was when I was really a fan. It's because I became a fan during that 2009 playoff drought, because, I I mean, I knew they won the Cup, and I knew about hockey, but my family wasn't into sports that much, so I didn't know a lot. But you move into the uh, to that time, and that was just, uh, you know tough and a lot of people have asked before for me is like why would you stay a fan they were trashed you became a fan at their at a high moment and then it was just bad for a decade and i had my roommates in college asking like why do you like this team and it's like you know that's my team i picked them they were the hometown i went to games and i've loved every minute of it um i became a a a ticket holder actually i think the year that they made the playoffs like they were still bad right because I, I became a ticket member that year and i didn't care but this team has just proven time and time again that they're good so i will be a season ticket member as long as i live in north carolina and i think that's how a lot of people feel because you have a lot of hardcore fans that have been with this team through the through the thick through the thin just ask anybody in section 328 right yeah. so you know a lot of great memories um i've got a fun one next time of uh that one might be a little bit more fan centered than play than 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 a player but um that'll be fun to talk about it definitely well i think that's a great way to end with this episode uh, remember, guys, if you like this episode and want to help us out, please rate, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss another episode. And like what Sam said, if you leave a comment on our iTunes or any other place, we might consider that an another an additional entry to what you will have to do yes. when we release it. So. And don't. This will not be something we do every time, but on occasions we will allow for an additional entry, give you another chance to make it. Again, it's completely random. I put every name into a generator, and it picks. So completely random. Um, I wish you all the luck. Again, make sure if you want, to drop a comment. Drop. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna gonna make this. Leave us a review on. One of the, however you listen to this podcast, leave us a five-star review. Say what you like about the podcast. You can even say what you think we need to improve. Five stars, comment. I'll add you in twice. Once you do that and you do the other thing, make sure I'll add you in twice. So we're not going to accept trolls, trolling comments. No, why would I do that? Yeah. I don't like listening. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want someone to hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, give, give, give us, give us, uh, you know, I, I'm hope we are always open to criticism, but five star review, give us your opinion on the podcast. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, but it has to be five stars. And I will put you in twice for a chance to win the tickets when it comes on again, because I might not know who you are. That'll count as, you know, that's all you will have to do. And I will put you in twice. And then if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Just look, wait for the rules. Yeah. And again, if you want to keep up to date with all of this, follow us on both Instagram and Twitter. We hope to see you guys.